Welcome to the next episode of millinery.info. This episode today is with Adam Brand of Custom Fabric Flowers by Eminence Schmolberg in New York City. We hope you enjoy. Thank you for having us here in your New York studio today. Could you just tell us a little bit about the company and the history? Welcome. My name is Adam. The company name is Eminence Schmolberg, and we are a 102-year-old creator of custom fabric flowers right here in New York City. Today I work with my father Warren and the business was started four generations ago by my great great uncles Morris and Sam Schmalberg. And what do you create here in the in the workspace? We're the flower guys. My dad's license plate actually says flower man. It's fantastic. <laughs> and we make the flowers. We have, as you can see around us, hundreds of different flowers made in assorted styles, fabrics, colors, etc. We do small batch lots, we do large custom orders. Anything you see here could be made in any fabric you want, be it leather, silk, wool, felt, hat bodies, velour, denim, suede, polyester. If I haven't said it, it probably works very well. <laughs> Fantastic. And who, who uses your flowers? Over the course of 102 years, the answer to that has changed dramatically. Yeah. Back when I was a kid, the majority of our customers were local garment center manufacturers. That was back when the garment center was a thriving center. It was the thriving center of manufacturing of all fashion. Uh, my dad used to say that you could go to any building with an, he would say, a nice shirt, and you could start at the top and you could work your way down and you could sell. And they may not all buy it but they were at least relevant and yeah. you compare that to today where we're in a garment center building right now and the guy above us does photocopies there's a, a construction guy across the hall there's law offices so it's not the same that it used to be so back to your original question who uses our flowers there's still some local manufacturers we do a lot with some larger fashion manufacturers and and ship be it to australia to England or wherever, wherever they need us to. And we also get a lot of smaller, smaller clients that find us either via social media or, or just Google or word of mouth and come up here and buy one, two, three, four, any number of flowers. We've always done work with milliners in, in one degree or another. We have some that almost like clockwork come up here once a year, twice a year and look through our inventory as we have hundreds of different flowers every time they come and they'll buy whatever they need for the coming season and we also have a lot of in we also have a lot of milliners that we work with directly to create anything that they can imagine we receive pictures of inspiration sometimes they'll send us pictures of real flowers and we'll work off that to create one of a kind amazing pieces and what's your process for creating the stock is that something you work towards having or they're just samples from leftover orders or what's the process for the accumulation of the stock? It's a good question. So 102 years we've been in business. I would say for 85 of them we didn't really keep a stock. Mm -hmm. And over the years as business has changed we've gotten a lot of walk-ups of people that want the flower and don't want to bring fabric and don't want to go through the whole process. And for that reason we just started keeping things on hand. It ranges from if I'm making a custom order of camellias for a large manufacturer and they want 5,000 flowers, they might send me an order, I'll buy the fabric, I'll make the 5,000 and there's a few extra so I put them into my stock. Mm -hmm. Then maybe I'm working on 
a bunch of different production runs and business gets a little slow. So just to keep my staff busy, I might make different things that I think will sell well. It's an assortment of different reasons that we have odds and ends on stock. For that reason, we give discount pricing for things that we have already made, and we also can't guarantee we're going to have them again next time. You've got to get in while they're there. Exactly. Absolutely. And you mentioned your staff. So what, how is your team built, and how many are within that team? Today, we have about 15 people working here. I'm 34 years old. In my lifetime, I've seen as many as 30-plus people working here, and I've seen as little as 8 to 10 people working here. It, it totally depends on how busy we are at the time, which has to do with the trends and if people want to make things in America, because everything we do, we make here. Today, like I said, we have about 15 people. It consists of a few people who, similar to me, are working on person-to-person -person basis. I work on packaging. I, I maintain the website and our social media, checking email and, and different aspects like that. We have a few people in the back that work on the fabric preparation process, the die cutting, the embossing, using our different vintage flower molds. We have a couple ladies, more than a couple ladies, who've been with the family for a very long time and do the flower assembly. And we recently, about a year ago, started doing embellishments in-house. And that background hum that you might hear is the heat press machine that we have that does rhinestone embellishments. Right now we're working on an order for a, uh, not a, not a visual designer, for a stylist who's ordering, she's doing something directly with Swarovski and we're making her 12 flowers with, each one has hundreds of rhinestones on them. So they're embellished to the max. And this is for some sort of a photo shoot. Do you get to see where your flowers end up or they kind of walk out the door and they kind of they get to live their own lives? <laughs> we get both ends of the spectrum. Uh, my dad says to almost everybody, please send me a picture of what you do. And we usually never hear from them ever again. <laughs> we on occasion will receive pictures of, of cool things and sometimes we just stumble onto it on our own. Uh, I was... I was watching Comedy Central a couple of years ago, and uh, you guys can't judge me, but I was watching the Justin Bieber roast, and, and Martha Stewart was on it. And I'm just in my bed watching it, and, and I just noticed what looked like one of our leaves on her dress. And I pause it, I take a picture, because we live in the future, yes. and I send it to my dad, and he comes back and he's like, oh yeah, that's our L360 leaf. And my dad lives and sleeps this business. So very quickly he realized that we made that leaf for an embroidery house that made that makes these trims and they sold that to Monique Lelier, who's a, a designer, yes. who obviously got in contact with Martha's stylist and long story short, here she is on, the, on TV wearing our, our leaves. Okay. If I didn't happen to be watching it, I never see that. Yeah. And there's lots of stories like that. The hallway behind you has all sorts of different hats and images of, of famous people wearing our flowers. There's uh, Reese Witherspoon, Beyonce. We did Flowers to the Radio City Rockettes. You have U2's Bono, Rod Stewart, Nick Cannon, and Hathaway wore a beautiful dress with our flowers to the Oscars about, at this point, it's about eight years ago. And what's the process when someone comes to you, um, you've got the showroom basis and they'd like some custom fabric flowers, um, what do they need to be bringing to you or have an idea about when they're coming to you for production? So working with somebody to make a custom flower can go any number of ways. We have some people that come up here with a very clear vision of what they want. That's rare. 
Uh, those people are very easy to work with because they come and they either have a picture or they pick a flower that we have made or something off of our website. They bring, they bring fabric and we make it for them. Other people on the other side of the spectrum don't exactly know what they want and they can pick from anything that we have here. So if you bring your own fabric, you could literally pick whatever style you want. And as you can see, there's hundreds of styles around us in varying fabrics. So if you pick up this flower here that's made out of leather, you could bring me silk from your grandmother's dress and I could use that to make you a beautiful flower, the same style. We would make it slightly differently to accommodate the different fabric, but ultimately it would be the same rose that you see here. We once had a person bring up a, a Burberry scarf that we used to make a Chanel camellia. Oh, wow. Uh, very, <laughs> exactly, very unique because these are to two very large couture houses that don't work together. And yet Chanel has become synonymous with the camellia. Yes. Everybody knows the Burberry check. And this lady's walking around with a flower that sort of combines both. So I thought that was a very unique combination of what we do. One way or another, we work with whatever your vision is to help make it a reality. And what's the production process back? You um, work, all the flowers are produced in your New York space. What's the process when the fabric arrives to you in the workroom? Everything is still produced here. My dad likes to say we're the only people left that are crazy enough to still make <laughs> flowers in New York, as everything else is, not just flowers, but everything is made offshore these days. The process starts with fabric, whether it's a scarf, a small piece, or a roll of a hundred yards and we take it and we cut it into pieces and we first thing we do is we starch it it's a sizing to give the material extra body depending on the fabric is depending on how we treat it but the idea is that whatever flower we make will hold up nicely and last hopefully forever we we apply the starch once that dries we cut it into layers depending on how thick the fabric is if it's a thin silk we might layer it by 16 if it's a thicker leather or velvet we might layer it by four and we use our vintage dye cutters that are older than you and me put together. <laughs> and that's how we cut the petals out. And then we'll take the flat petals and we use a heat press, which I, I know a lot of milliners are familiar with. And we will emboss the petals, depending on the material, either one at a time or a few at a time, to give them the different detail. And that's again where the starch comes in, especially if it's a lighter weight fabric. It allows the flower to take the shape, the texture, and to hold up very nicely. And once those different unique petals are created, we have our ladies who, most of them have been here as long as I've been alive. And they assemble all the flowers in house by hand. Everything is still done here. To have a sample made could take a couple of days. To have a production run of a few hundred flowers could take a couple of weeks. It of course depends on what we're making. And is there, um, what's the requirement for the fabric? Is there a minimum amount that they need to be sending you if someone's sending you fabric? So if you're sending us fabric, we need a minimum of a quarter yard, and it needs to be the full width of the goods, meaning at least 45 inches wide. And the reason for that is that the sizing process, we use these wooden frames that are also you know, ancient and been around <laughs> forever. And so I, I dipped the fabric in this, in this liquid, and then I wanted to dry, so I stretched it on the wooden frames and under ideal circumstances with a piece like that, it could stretch nicely without wrinkling. If, it's a, if, if I receive a, a scrap type of piece that I can't stretch properly, there's a chance the fabric could wrinkle and it doesn't work out well. And with all your equipment, is this equipment from when your family first started the business or has that been added to over time? So a lot of the flower molds are from back when my family started the business in 1916. When M&S Schmalberg was started, they probably had 10 or 15 of these tools and little by little accumulated them over time. Over time, we've gotten more die cutters, more molds, 
as different companies, you know, sadly, as the garment center moved offshore, a lot of these companies that made fabric flowers went out of business, and my dad would just buy out their old tools. There's some modernization that's occurred. In, in the old days, we would take our die cutters and we would basically use a rubber hammer to to swing and, and to, to pound out the flowers. And just to give you an idea, we worked with Vera Wang a year ago, made them 150 plus thousand petals using a silk organza. The fabric was layered by, I think, 20. So you could do the math of how many cuts had to be done. Fortunately, as long as I've been alive, and we've probably had this machine about 30 or 40 years, we use a, a die cut clicking machine, which yes. I, I feel like a lot of milliners are familiar with. And it does the same thing as a person swinging a hammer, but all you gotta do is push a button. It's a lot less swinging. So it's a lot, lot less swinging. It's easier to be faster, more efficient. It's really less dangerous as long as you don't put your hand in the machine. Uh, we have the same sort of modernization with the embossing as well. We, we still use the molds that, are, that have been in my family since they started the business, but we've retrofitted them so that instead of sitting it, we still use the heat press that has a gas stove underneath and has the wheel on top. But when working in a large production order, we'll use these electric heat presses we have. Same tool, but instead of having to turn a wheel, the tool essentially plugs into the machine so it's mechanical up and down, which prevents wear and tear and allows us to be quicker without actually having to touch the tools because they're really heavy and they're really hot. And also it has an electric hot plate instead of a gas stove, which is just kind of nice in the summer with yes. much less radiating heat. And the space that you're in now, is this where, it, where it's always been? So this is, I believe, the fourth loca location that M&S Schmalberg has had. This is the third location that I've seen in my lifetime. So right now we're at 242 West 36th Street, between 7th and 8th, in the Garment Center. We've been here about 12 years. Before this, we were on 7th Avenue, uh, right down the block, and we were there for about seven years and before that we were right around the block on 35th Street at a street level store which is where M&S Schmalberg was when I grew up mm -hmm. and I remember visiting that location as a as a kid coming in with my mom and, and I just remember how much different the garment center was then I remember just running from the car to the door of the store there was just push carts back and forth going everywhere of different garments being made and either packaged or going from one place to another and you just don't see it like that anymore I do believe there was a location before that somewhere downtown, but I don't know the details. But it's always mostly been within the garment area. It's always been the garment, yeah. And when did you first start becoming involved with the business? So I mentioned before I'm 34 years old. I, there's lots of funny, funny stories of me coming in here as a kid. I've been coming here my whole life. We have these little boxes that we take to, for an order. So I'll put like the fabric folded in it and I'll put a little a piece of paper with whatever the order is. In the old days, my dad would take some fabric in one of those boxes and he'd put me in there and I'd sleep because <laughs> I was little enough to fit. I don't quite fit in those boxes anymore. As I got older, I did. I went to school, went to college. I actually went to school for psychology, uh, which has nothing to do with fashion, but maybe everything to do with fashion. And my first real involvement was about 15 years ago. I was working in a pizzeria and I didn't really love it. Sarah Jessica Parker was wearing flowers on Sex in the City, and it created this huge trend. And I knew my dad was very busy and needed help. And just to give you an idea of how busy it was, there were 
roll, it all starts with fabric. There were rolls of fabric just everywhere, just waiting to be cut and put into the whole process. Yes. People were waiting one, two, three months for their orders. And we would tell them beforehand. It was, it was just, it was great. And I knew my dad needed the help, so I came in and worked for a few months. And I was doing a lot of the shipping operations. I was here for a few months, and then I decided to go back to school and finish. And then after I finished school, I, which was about eight years ago, I was talking to my dad one day, and I just said, hey, can I come in and start helping out? And I started. I wasn't sure where it would go exactly, but I just started taking the train every day, coming into work. I, we complement each other very well in that my dad's very old school. He, he's ran this business beautifully, and I feel that my dad has a lot to do with why we're still here, why we're the ones who survived yeah. that whole garment center relocation, if you will. Mm. And we work really well together, and I've helped out with the website and the modernization of, of M&S Schmalberg. Yes. When I came here, we didn't have really much of a... The website, I thought, was very poor. We didn't have any social media whatsoever. And I don't know how much social media was important back then anyway. And I created the Facebooks and the Instagram. We're on Instagram at Custom Fabric Flowers. And uh, I helped modernize our website, which is also CustomFabricFlowers.com. And little by little, I just took to the business. And now, today my dad's not even here. He's taking care of some things he needs to do at home. And I'm able to run the day-to-day -day operations, Fantastic. along with a great team, of course. Yes. Do you get a lot of orders through your website and through that social media? And what do you feel like just helps support the great work that's already happening? A little of both. I find that the the real media orders that pay the rent here and help pay our expenses and keep Schmalberg in business, a lot of them come from word of mouth. And it seems that when we're slow, there's no magic potion to make it happen. It just see, sort of seems to happen. And when we're busy, we're busy. Social media is great. It's gotten us definitely out there. I find more than anything it's helped us to find the smaller accounts, mm -hmm. which are great. That's, I, I believe that's what helps, that's what's going to sustain us into the next generation. You know, we're not going to get Walmart to order 20,000 flowers, but if I could get a thousand small designers throughout America to order 10 flowers, that's a beautiful thing. We've done, we, we have an Etsy shop, we have an eBay shop. We have a storefront on our website, and we definitely do some sales through that. I find that because of how vast the options are, a lot of people, rather than just buying, will call us or email us just to see what else can be done. The conversation's an important part of it. Exactly. And anyone who's in New York is almost doing themselves a disservice to just not come up here. There's quite often I, I ship an Etsy order to somebody who's a mile away and I'm thinking to myself they would have had so much fun coming here not to mention they would have saved on shipping yeah, that too such an amazing space to come into as well thank you um, what is the craziest order you've received I'm not sure what would make a crazy order but we've got some interesting orders that yes, I can think of yes most interesting then <laughs> I uh Back when my grandfather ran the business, it was all silk flowers of, of different types. And little by little, we've started, I would say experimenting, but we're beyond experimenting now with other materials. We work with leathers all the time, velvets, and I mentioned the scarf before. So one day my dad gets a call from a guy asking if we can work with python, snakeskin. Yes. And my dad said, I suppose, you know, we have to see it, we have to try. And he brought in these skins, and I remember him putting them on the table, and it's a snake skin, so it looks like a snake. Uh, and not a small one, I imagine. Quite a no, large. No, it was, it was <laughs> spread out on this whole table, so it was a little 
a little, little weird to see, but it worked beautifully. Yeah. We've gotten things like that. The Burberry scarf I thought was very unique. Yeah. We've worked with some perfume companies on projects that were very interesting. Anything for celebrities I find fascinating. We yes. did some flowers for Lady Gaga uh, a bunch of years ago that she did not wear. And then we did some more recently that I believe she did wear, although I don't have any pictures of it. <laughs> Is there anything that you can't make into a flower? Any materials that don't work in the process? It's a good question. So the limiting factor would be something that you can't cut with a die cutter, mm -hmm. like a metal. So we, we work with thin like foils, but anything that's really hard obviously can't be cut. It would damage the tools. Uh, more common limiting factors is the heat press yeah. because as its name suggests, the heat press applies heat to help shape the flowers. So if we're working with a real leather or suede or a python, we'll reduce the heat so that we get the desired result. But certain materials just don't take heat at all. For example, PVC, plastic, vinyl, uh, faux leather, which essentially is plastic. Materials like that, we can cut them, but they don't, they either don't at all or they don't nicely react to the heat process. So for those reasons we will sometimes just pe give people flat die cut petals or we can manipulate them in certain ways to create three-dimensional flowers but the petal itself is still technically flat. Yeah. We've worked with lycra like spandex which by its nature you can, you can cut it but if you try and emboss it it's, it's rubberish it just goes it doesn't want to take a shape. Yeah. We have found workarounds with that where we'll take it and we'll fuse it to anything else that works. So you could take the lycra and fuse it to a satin. And by fuse, I mean take a fusible material and bond the two fabrics together. So somebody who doesn't really understand it won't even realize that that happened. They'll just see it as a material. But you can create a flower, then we'll take the shape because the satin allows it to hold the shape, but you still have the, the lycra on top. And what's next? for the wonderful family business? Is there projects in the future you're looking forward to? I'm just, I, I hope to keep this business alive for another, let's go with 50 years. You know, it's, it's definitely not an easy thing to have a company that manufactures everything in America. There's people all the time that had, especially when the whole transformation was happening that spoke to my dad and would say like, why, why don't you look offshore? And we just never did, and you know, we're, we're proud of that, and we're really proud to still manufacture here. We're, we're just looking to branch out. It used to be all fashion flowers. Now we do a tremendous amount with millinery, we do a lot with packaging. We just did a few big runs of flowers for a company in Australia that, that I personally never even heard of. And we had a great run with them. We did, some, we did a lot of flowers for a high-end jewelry company but we made them a, a whole bunch of flowers for just for their window displays. And I feel like there's a tremendous amount of potential just in that. So we've definitely looked to branch out as far as who we market to. Thank you so much for letting us come in and chat with you about flowers. It's been fantastic. It was my pleasure. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We hope you enjoyed hearing about Custom Fabric Flowers by Eminem Schmallberg with Adam. We'd like to thank our Patreon supporters for this podcast, Louise McDonald of Louise McDonald Milliner and The Essential Hat, who bring you the Mimpsy competition and convention. 
If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure to check back in the feed that you haven't missed an episode from the series. You can also share the podcast with a fellow milliner, hat lover or friend. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to bringing you another episode soon.